0: Hello and welcome to Canberra Metalheads. You got Mikey Malpas.
1: And JDK.
0: Today we'll be catching up with Joel and Reggae here in the studio on Canberra Metalheads. Ski! Hello and welcome to Canberra Metalhead, you got Marky Malpas and JDK. Today we'll be running through some um, vintage edition of the show with some vinyls, CDs and old school stuff from Australia and around the world. I'm joining the studio with Joel from Wichicore. Hey, how's it going? And Reggae from Rain and Terror. Hey, hey. how's things? Awesome, man. Yeah, going well. Glad to have you boys both in the show and you've brought quite a collection of uh, music from over the years. Uh, We'll be kicking off this part of the show with um, everything um, from late 80s right back uh, to when we uh, sort of, the metal scene really started really and um, this is the first part of a three part series and we'll be running through some stuff later on so sit back, relax and enjoy this section of the show and um, enjoy some um, early metal stuff Uh, and you know who better than to take us through it than
2: you boys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Yep. Thanks, man. Glad when you think of vintage, you think of us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there is that element of it. I'm not not here to um, to you know make you feel old, but at the same time, you've got all the info, so that's How where it we comes already up. do, mate. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, here I am, um, you know, just getting into metal um, in the from two thousands onwards. So I like to, you know, backdate and see where it all came from, uh, especially in the Canberra scene as well. Like it's a fairly unique scene, and you know it's produced some some uh, solid bands that have later on gone to play on the world stage. So, I mean, uh, it's a good spot to start. And, yep. and you guys have seen all that over the years, especially, you know, I wasn't here as part of the Metal for the Brain stuff as well, Then that comes up all the time. Um, and I like to explore every avenue, you know, and, sh- and show everybody where it all came from.
3: Yeah, cool. I suppose some of this is just like uh, the stuff that maybe Regan and I from our era sort of grew up on during that sort of era. Mm-hmm. So that's what we try to do, just sort of bring a selection of stuff that kind of Yeah, had an impact on us when we were younger.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, um, we just listened to Venom Rip Ride. I mean, obviously they're playing on that's some of the world stuff that we've got. We've got a few Australian bands as well, but it's a good one to kick it off with there. Yeah, it's my favourite Venom song of all time. It's uh,
3: just a classic on every level, I reckon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, like we're saying um, while we're playing the track, you know, the very extreme bands and everything they did seemed to just be that um, next level, you know, to really get the name out there and, you know, get a reputation. Yeah, I
3: just think they were the forerunners of everything that I sort of liked that came after them. Yep. So, uh, yeah, for me, they're just the, the most important sort of, you know, metal band of that sort of newer sort of era. Yep. You know, and still sort of all their songs really hold up for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, as well as as compared to the newer stuff as well, like you can see sort of where people get influenced, especially a more extreme metal scene, you know, they sort of pave the way for all that stuff. Yeah, well, not just, I don't just think that, it's it's obviously
3: just, that's how it was, you know what I mean? Like if you, you know, listen to really early sort of interviews with Slayer and Metallica and all of those bands, Mm -hmm. everything, all the heavy stuff that sort of came, um, you know, a, a lot of that, Influence came from what Venom were doing. Obviously, you know they were sort of influenced by, uh, you know, the gruffness and the chaos of Motorhead and whatever. So Venom definitely have a lot of elements of that. Mm -hmm. But just their their lyrical content and just the way they kind of uh, their stage show and everything was, you know, just how everything was just a lot more rough and ready. Mm -hmm. I just think that that part, you know, paved the way for all the sort of really good stuff that came after it. But I still reckon nothing was as good as them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess they sort of um, wrote the rules, so it's kind of like everyone has to stick to it. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you create a style of music, then you're the forerunner of that. You, it's people can only ever sort of be equal to that. They'll never be. If you create something, you're the engineer of it. It's for people to compete with that. They'd be creating something else that isn't.
3: Yeah, and look, for me, it's like it comes down to songwriting as well. Like, I think a lot of people, if you don't like Venom, it's easy to just, you know, discard them because of the chaos of it all. <laughs> but if you just strip it back to what they actually do with, yep. with songwriting, man, they just, you know, I don't think anyone in the metal scenes ever sort of, uh, well, not with, with the stuff that came after that. I'm not talking about Sabbath Modehead Priest, all the stuff before it. Mm-hmm. But from once Venom started that whole new kind of era of, yep. of extreme stuff, they wrote the best songs. Yep. You know, all of their songs just still stand up today. So whether you like them or you don't, if you just take it straight on a songwriting, um, you know, from from that point of view, it's just hard to argue. They're just the top of the pile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: and still, what with what they're doing today, like the guys from Venom Venom Inc, which we've even had here in Canberra, Reggae knows more about that tour as well.
2: Yeah. Well, oh, you got to support them. Yeah. How awesome was that? That was a defining moment <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so- I could die happy now. <laughs> <laughs> I was there, mate. Yeah. I got to watch it all. <laughs> no, Venom, to me, obviously they're a very special band. It's uh, the reason why I got into metal. I'd, I'd heard a little bit of like Alice Cooper and Bon Jovi and stuff that was going on at the time, like talking about mid, later mid-80s. and mm-hmm. then um, accidentally picked up the Venom record and put it on and it just slapped me in the head. Like, it was just like, man, what is this? Like, you know, it was so much more extreme than anything that was going on. And I wasn't into the 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 on stuff of the time like motorhead or saxon or or judas priest i was more into the glam 80s rock but going from that and hearing venom for the first time it's just like a punch straight in the face you can't ignore the band no matter whether you like them or you don't you just you can't ignore them and you can't forget them mm.
0: yeah that's good it's good to see that they're still kicking it out man like with the venom ink stuff it's um it's one of those things where it's you can tell it withstands the test of time because they've they're still able to smash it out and smash out shows.
3: Well, I think there's, there's three versions now, isn't there? Cause no. didn't, yeah, because Venom Inc has only got Mantis now they've um yeah they've abaddon's so, gone yeah. yeah so abaddon's got his own one and then corona says it, yeah so he's got so his th- all three members are doing yeah. the same stuff <laughs> but i look good luck to them you know what i mean yeah. the songs are there people still want to yeah.
0: hear them so you know yeah that's good right it's like they've um like they're so much of a power together they've each created their own thing separately it's like the um the franchise like yeah it's, it's just like so many different like it's nearly like they were too much, they needed to be split up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think the first
3: show they did was uh, the first show they did in Britain was at Hammersmith. So it was just like that this that whole mentality of going, We're not gonna play gigs until we can go to London mm. and put on a stage show like Kiss. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That was just that, that meant that mentality that they had that that to me had a lot to do with all of the the diy stuff that came with the extreme mm. metal from after that yeah it just showed you that you you don't have to be you know to me a lot of the current stuff it's all based on being precise and being perfect mm. and that's i know i'm older but i think that's the thing that i miss the most is that lack of kind of that lack of sort of chaos and energy that came with the older stuff through just not being the greatest musicians or not having unlimited amounts of studio time mm-hmm. so you ended up with something that they probably wanted it to be better than what it was at the time but it just you know
0: heaps of stuff we'll play later mm-hmm. we'll have that same kind of energy to it you know? yeah exactly well that that's what we're looking forward to and what a good way to kick it off with some venom um just to you know set the precedent of the rest of the show and um, we'll move it up like I said before we're going to have some vinyl editions as well as um, some of the uh, the CDs uh, so now we've got a, a Men o War track you brought this one in on vinyl we'll be able to hear that that'll have the that vinyl feel to it I guess uh, which a lot of this music was recorded with the idea of, of being played on that medium yeah. so it's good to have that. Um, in the show and be able to present it how it was meant to be played, I guess. Yeah, excellent. Um,
3: I grew up on this record. I bought it when it came out. So for me, it's always going to be, I think it came out when I was 14. So yeah, I I just never tire of hearing hearing this record. Yeah, right. I know they, a band that kind of... they're very dis- divisive. <laughs> they <Yeah>. polarise people. <laughs> yeah, it's the cod pieces. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I I just I rate them highly. Again, just Excellent. killer songs.
0: Yep, and and you've selected this track. It's the first track on the on the vinyl. It's called All Men Play on Ten. That's the one. And um, we'll flick that on after this for everyone to enjoy so stick around to listen to that one and uh, stay stay listening for some more hits from um, the metal scene in the 80s. We'll never turn it down again <laughs> <laughs> here on Canberra Metalheads.
4: gonna turn down again
0: Welcome back, that was Men of War, all men play on 10 and um, we listened to that one on vinyl so I hope you enjoyed hearing that, um, that lo-fi sound <laughs> as much as we enjoyed it
3: how it was supposed to be mate
0: yeah exactly that's exactly right <laughs> yeah like i said before we've got a massive selection of stuff to play through um here on the show with the um anything predating the uh late 80s so um we're moving into some um, exodus now um you've uh brought in that to uh you know show show a few tracks that not maybe everybody's heard before and i know a lot of listeners of the show being listening to some like more recent sort of stuff so it's good to call it back uh what do you what can what do you have to say about this uh, exodus track which is a lesson in violence
3: oh just this album in general i just think it's one of the best metal albums ever made yep. um i think it was recorded in 84 but didn't come out till 85 yep. and i think it was just um you know they were doing things as good anything metallica and Slayer were doing at the time they were they were kind of matching uh but unfortunately things didn't really work out from the second album wasn't so great but uh yeah, if you get a chance, if you don't know this first album, bonded, uh, bonded by blood, I highly recommend it. I think it's it's one of the best metal
0: records ever made, in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. a
3: lesson in violence, just one of the many great tracks
0: on it. Yeah, great. Yeah, and um, the consensus around the room, everybody, um, anyone else, you know, get into some Exodus or?
2: I got to admit, they I missed them the first time round. Yep. Sort of, I didn't get, but I was sort of more obsessed by Slayer and Metallica at the time, yep. and, and just doing that megadeth had come out but look these guys are good um just didn't get into them the first time around yep. had other stuff going on but i can look back on this and go yeah that, that's really good stuff
0: yeah, yeah cool that's good to hear man it's uh like i said everything that i'm listening to now is in hindsight because obviously i started later 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 on and i'm sort of trying to pave that way of getting into the newer stuff and then li- uh, still paying homage to what we used what everybody was into at the time yeah.
3: look i think 84 was one of the probably the best year in metal ever, yep. if you look at all the albums that sort of came out. Yep. And although this one came out in 85, it was it was only because of some drama with the record company. This album should have been out in 84. Yep. And if you look at everything that came out in that year, it was a pivotal moment, full stop, and everything that was happening with heavy music. Mm-hmm. Just a great year, and this is um, definitely one of the,
0: the gems among all of it. Yep, awesome, man. Fine. All right, we'll, uh, we'll listen to this track now and um, stick around for some more hits from the from the same time. Uh, This is Exodus, A Lesson in Violence, here on Canberra Metalheads. was Exodus a lesson in violence that was a CD um but of a um album that came out in as we said before the break uh, 85 uh, still had that that um brutal feel to it as well uh it we were talking in the break about the the different timing and stuff like that it's interesting to have musicians in the studio talking about the music because you understand different levels of where it's at. Me, myself, not being in a band, I listen to an album differently. But obviously yourself, Joel, being a drummer, you can sort of pick up on different timings and things like that. It changes the dynamic of how you listen to an album, I guess.
3: Yeah, I suppose we all listen to things differently. I think with albums like that, I was saying in the break, um, I think it was a really pivotal record at its time because the, the lyrical content and just the aggression of the music... Um, you know, it had a lot to do with with how sort of heavy music, extreme music, sort of um, progressed and went forward. Yep. So there's certain things that you know, I only know that because you know, um, Marcus, who I'm in which goal with, he he bought the album on mail order. So I think he was possibly the first person in Australia to have it so yeah. we, we were listening to that album intently from the age of 15 and when we heard things like that there just wasn't uh, you know it was, it was very new and, and cutting-edge so mm-hmm. when you're from that era you can kind of see how things kind of um, progressed the mm-hmm. way they have and sometimes albums sort of get a little bit forgotten And I think because that sort of, you know, the the next album they did was pretty poor, I reckon. So they never really got their, their, you know... Got their wings, yeah. In my opinion, you know, I think they're a far more important band than, than, you know bands like um, Megadeth or, or Anthrax you know what I mean mm, mm. Um, so I, I think that the, the quality of this album is on par with what Slayer and Metallica were doing at the same time yep. but they just never unfortunately got sort of the the level of respect they deserved for it for so, whatever reason
0: well look yeah some of it like we've heard in the past it's just right place right time like um You know, everybody's seen the um, documentary of the um, the Anvil documentary that that came out um, a few years ago, and everyone's it's given them a second wind, I guess, with that with the um, recognition of that document documentary. And it's just like it's not just the time; it's also the the place as well. Like a lot of these bands came out at the same time, but they just weren't in the right area to sort of become as big as the others.
3: Well, I think what affected them is they the album should have come out in '84. And uh, for what, I can't remember what it was. I think they had um, dramas with the label or whatever. Yeah. One of those things. So it was released yeah. a year late, which doesn't sound like much in this day and age. Mm. But back then, there's a hell of a lot of stuff going on. If mm. you look at any of the records that were kind of come out in '84, you know what I mean? It would have been way more beneficial for them. Because '84 was the same year as Ride the Lightning, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So yep. it would have been better for them had it come out a year earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I suppose, yeah, right time, right place, and some for whatever reason, some things kick off and others don't. I think it had a bit to do with um, the lyrical content on this record's pretty full on, and I think that you know that may have uh, may have you know worked against them. But yeah. Who, I'm, who I'm, I'm glad what? yeah dude, <laughs> it's, it's made it he's better record because of it
0: yeah well exactly it's just about um some people like hinge their bets they might pull a song if they're not sure about it especially in live shows depending on the venue the place whatever it's good to see bands that just stick to their um you know their their idea of just doing what they wanted to do whether or not people agree with it or not yeah. it's part of what made the scene what it is yeah for sure yep so that's rad, man. Um, We've. the same vein of um of um extreme we've got um a mortal sin track now coming up yeah look i this band started well the album came out in
3: 87 i was lucky enough to go see them a couple of times real early on with this original lineup on this record and they were great you know like um they signed some off the strength of this album they signed same label the same international label as metallica i think at the time but mm-hmm. a bigger deal than metallica so it was yep. a really big thing when they got picked up and um yeah i used to go see them and yeah this this album is uh, is an absolute beauty
0: cool all right so this is um mortal sin with Mayhemic destruction um off the album of the same name
2: yeah Well, uh, reggae picked that track yep that's one of my favorites uh my first encounter with Mortal Sin was buying Hot Metal magazine, I don't know if any of you guys remember that, yeah. but it yeah, uh, kicked do. off in about 88. <laughs> um, mortal Sin were, it was like the first one of the first four issues of the magazine, you bought it and you got a free Mortal Sin record with it, and um, I'd not really heard of anything coming out of Australia up until that point. And then suddenly these guys are there with um, with a free record on every copy of the magazine, and it and for a kid that wasn't old enough to go to gigs but was still buying the magazines and that sort of thing, it really pushed these guys to sort of a national hero level status for us 12-, um, 13-year-olds that were just getting into metal at the time. Mm.
0: Yep, that that sounds rad, man. It's like, glad that, uh, I'm glad that that edition came out because we may not have Reign of Terror as they are today if that um, magazine hadn't been available. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the... <laughs> If it wasn't for mortal sin and that magazine and that news agency or whatever having it at the same time i may not have reggae on the show right now so all the planets have aligned
2: <laughs> that's it <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome all right we'll uh, listen to that track and uh stick around for some more later you're on canberra metalheads Heads. <laughs> That was Mortal Sin with Mayhemic Destruction. Um, that one there was um, a track that um, Joel brought in from the, um, from the album of the same name. We introduced that one and reggae, reggae chose the song. So that one there rounds off the uh, first major part of the um, bracket where we we're just talking about individual songs and um, also playing the tracks as well. But now we'll be moving into a three-part bracket just to round off the um the decade of the you know late 80s right back we'll be um kicking it off with some slayer Slayer is a really good um representation of that time i mean we wouldn't be able to have an 80s bracket without a slayer track um joel you brought that one in um with the slayer track um hell awaits do you remember what time that album came out
3: yeah i'm pretty sure it was 85 so um yeah this is my favorite era of slayer uh, the first three, I reckon, are, are all awesome, obviously. Yep. But yeah, this one, for me, just sort of stands out. I think at the time, took me. I didn't get into it at first. I was only 15, and it kind of was a bit bit full-on for me. I couldn't, yep. I couldn't grasp it, but it didn't take long. You know, a few more lessons, I kind of latched on. Yep. A mate came, uh, we'd, some bloke came to our school from America, and he introduced it to us all. So when we were sort of 15, he... He brought all this stuff with him that we'd never heard of, you know, and then mm. Waits was one of them. And you know, initially, I, I couldn't sort of get my head wrap my head around it, but um, yeah, once uh, a few more listens, I kind of realised, oh yeah, there's something here. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's just stuck with me. I just think this is uh, one of the all time greats.
0: Yeah, cool. And um, I mean Slayer's um, I remember Reggae introduced me to some more more Slayer and more of the um, you know, the earlier tracks um when I was starting to get into the metal scene, I've known reggae for several years um, prior to this. Reggae, how, how do you find the uh, Hella Waits album?
2: Oh, look, I'm, I'm not going to say it's my favourite record of theirs, but you're talking about the difference between brilliance and awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say Hella Waits could be the first death metal album. It's got that sort of Florida death metal feel that I yep. think um, that death took, took to town with a couple of years later. Like If you look at Hella Waits and then, then you look at Leprosy and Scream Bloody Gore, I reckon there's a direct progression from those those records. Yep, and straight into the Florida scene after that.
0: Yeah, cool. So you know this this album potentially uh, influenced the entire scene um, with through other bands as well. Yeah, and you know definitely uh, even locally influenced bands I'd say as well. Uh, Slayer in general, not not just this album. So yeah, that's cool. We'll give everybody a taste out there. Um, I'm assuming most band most. Um, Fans of the show have listened to a fair bit of Slayer already, but it's cool to be able to play it on the show in this, uh, you know, in the closing editions of the um the twenty eighteen shows. So closing up now with a three part bracket from the eighties, um, and that'll be closing out the uh the decade for this for this edition of the show. So kicking it off now with Slayer Necrophiliac here on Canberra Metalheads. <laughs> Was Morbid Angel with Chapel of Ghouls, and before that, we had Except with Fast as a Shark. And at the top, as you heard before, we announced Slayer Necrophiliac. That was a uh, the closing of the, um, the 80s bracket. That one there had um, the last track there. That album came out in 89, so it was a perfect time to close it all off. Um, that one there was uh, a Morbid Angel track. Do you guys um, enjoy listening to some of that,
2: you know, raw Morbid Angel stuff? Oh, we'd love it. Um, Personally, it's a huge influence on me. Uh, The music was light years ahead of anything else that was going on at the time in death metal or thrash metal, but for me, being a lyricist in the band as well, I found David Vincent's lyrics very obscure but intriguing, Yep. and it influenced me a lot and got me into a lot of occult stuff and H.P. Lovecraft, things like that, where they weren't just talking about um, serial killers or zombies or straight-ahead horror stuff, which I love that stuff too, but... This stuff had a more occult vibe to it, something a lot deeper and something that you could study the lyrics and get into it and then follow it through with reading stuff like Lovecraft, um, The Necronomicon, things like that, Alistair Crowley. Excellent. So it had a, a much de- deeper breath to it yep. if you get my drift. Yeah, yeah, like
0: it inspired you to research further into the yeah. themes, which you know a lot of it is that. It's, it's finding something you like and then continuing down that path um, so you know if it's not just music it's also the themes as well the amount of like horror movies i've watched from listening to to metal you know you, you go and find a sample that they might use in a track yeah. or a song they wrote about you know i mean i've watched human centipede more since i've started listening to uh, reign of terror so <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah it was our kickback for that <laughs> so, yeah. yeah
3: it was definitely a pivotal album like you know from reggae's in my era you know Mm -hmm. when that came out there was just nothing like it at the time really heavily influenced when uh, i was still an armored angel we were we were really heavily um our songwriting became heavily influenced by what was going on on that album yep so i just think it was one of those sort of things it was just a real game changer when it when it sort of sort of hit everyone's just kind of you know it was just like, okay, and then that that sort of set the tone for, for the next decade, really. Mm-hmm. It was really influential on in what happened for the whole of the 90s.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I'd i say that also, um, you know, having mentioned Armored Angel and influencing um, the band, Armored Angel would have then went on to influence more bands in the scene because they were right at that pinnacle of, of the, um, the the next wave of 90s music came through
3: as well? Yeah maybe, oh, I suppose I don't, I don't know because I was in the band so I don't really know what kind of effect if any we had but I suppose what was interesting for us is um, you know back when that album came out I remember we used to we used to cover the song Maze of Torment um, you know a year after it came out so for people that were into that sort of stuff it was it was very unlikely you were gonna see Morbid Angel in Australia at that time you know what I mean so if you wanted to hear that sort of stuff you know, I think that's why the Australian sort of local scene was pretty strong. People would come along, and for us, we used to play sort of, you know, three or four covers every every sort of gig we played because mm-hmm. that's just the way the the scene was. It was stuff that we liked and we related to. Yep. And um, the people that came
0: to see us used to used to get into that as well. Yeah, they used to enjoy watching it, but and you guys enjoy playing it as well. Well, for us, it. it
3: was kind of like it was a really important thing for us. Mm-hmm. It's kind of unusual when you think about it because you wouldn't get too many bands like we were quite established i suppose in the local scene yep. at that stage but we still always played always played covers yep. whereas most bands now might do one but you know yeah. we, we the whole time we were going we, we we always had sort of covers of the bands only of songs that we of bands that we liked mm-hmm. but i suppose when you're playing those sorts of songs it helps influence how you you write as well so yeah, it was definitely a big influence a real sort of um pivotal record i suppose
0: yeah cool no, that's exactly right. And uh, we had except before that, um, there was a vinyl, um, that that we played, um, that you brought in. Yeah, you mentioned. Uh, where are those guys f- from? Oh, I, they're the best band that's ever come out of
3: Germany for yep. me. You know, I, I love them. They were really important for me growing up as a kid. And that song's probably like one of the first kind of thrash speed metal songs yep. ever to come out. You know, it was '82. Yeah. So I remember when I when we first heard that, it was kind of you know we were pretty sort of blown away by that Hmm. that and sort of you know witching hour by venom to me there's there's probably others i can't recall or don't know about but to me they seem to be the first two that really sort of sent everything down that path of of of
0: the speed and thrash stuff that came excellent yeah, um, I think, like you mentioned before, that that early 80s era sort of paved the way for a whole bunch of more uh, styles to come through. Um, and from every country too, like most countries had uh, like an album come out of them. Like you mentioned, you know we had um, anything for Europe and anything like that, and then also the States, and, and finally Australia eventually had that scene as well.
3: Yeah, well, the 80s is full on, man. Like we were saying before, like Venom put Welcome to Hell out in 81, And then Morbid Angel put out of Madness in '89. It's not, you know, it's not. It felt like a long time at the time, but you realise how quick that period is and how much, you know, extreme music changed in in that short space of time. Mm. And uh, that's why, yeah, those those two records are so
1: sort of, you know, influential. I suppose. Yeah. Cool. That birth of that Florida death metal scene and the 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 you know the kick tone and the guitar tone just edging it out. Yeah, Once well, that's yeah, right. 80s, and it?
3: even when you hear Morbid Angel, you can kind of hear that that's still got a bit of an eighty sound to it, yeah, that one. Man, but yeah. by the next one, yeah, blessed of the sick was, her, was it the second one. Yeah, it? second one. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you can tell's got much more of that sort of template for yeah. the death metal sort of stuff that sort of came. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's kind of um, yeah, that's why I, I sort of find it fascinating. It was a lot more change that went on in that decade of the eighties than than what you found any. Any decades since, and probably the, what, what there ever will be, I reckon.
0: Cool. And that's why we kicked off the uh, three part edition with the 80s and pr- prior to the 80s. It's the uh, the underground metal scene edition of the uh, hits from the 80s. So <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Um, that, that closed off that bracket. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening uh, through that show and, um, and cranking out some of the tunes from there. It's been a pleasure having Joel and Reggae in. And uh, s- stay tuned for uh, next week's show, where we'll be going through a further on of this interview, where we'll be going through the 90s. Um, and um, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for listening to Canberra Metalheads. Well, thanks How's for having work? us. That was audio rain with betrayal and um, before that uh, we had Joel and reggae talking about uh hits from the metal scene in the 80s brought in some vinyls and had a chat in the studio we'll um move on now to our uh, gig guide the Canberra Metalheads gig guide it's on the um, to close out the end of end of this year we've got the um, last big shenanigan show for the year which is the shenanigans New Year's Eve at the basement. You've, uh, we've been mentioning this one on the last couple of shows, so hopefully you've already either got your tickets or made your plans to be there, uh, which have we've picked up bands from that show, such as Johnny Roadkill, Sketch Method, yeah, uh,
1: Georgia Davis, uh, Black Mountain, uh, you know, Secret Pie doing Burlesque. This is going to be a good night.
0: Yeah, exactly. So... It sounds like you got a bit of everything. You've got, um, um, and also make sure you're there if there's merch available. You, you go and uh, support them that way as well.
1: Yeah, come and see us. I yeah, think, I think we'll both, both be I, there. We're both going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. both definitely be should, there. Maybe, maybe we might even uh do some news countdown. What do
0: you? Yeah, what do you reckon? Exactly, man. Like we'll do the um, we'll. we'll We'll be hanging out there. You'll be able to come up and say good day, meet, uh, meet the beards behind the mics. Check that out. Check out the merch and also check out New Year's Eve. Um, and that's rounding off this year. Now, starting out next year, we've got the um, With a Heavy Heart show, which is on the 9th of February at Transit Bar. Now, that one there is um, the Canberra Mini Doomfest yeah. on the 9th of February. So check that one out. That one there is uh, Kurt.
1: Yeah, Kurt's annual Doomfest. Um, I love it i've been there twice three times not twice yep um always a good show check that guy out he's always a, a super uh support guy in the scene yeah yeah for a good cause get out
0: yeah check that one out and also uh, on the 16th of march as you've heard on the show before we um we had tim from quest fest came in and had a chat in a previous episode and um Now's the time to um, check out their. They've got their um, pre-sale tickets available. So check out Quest Fest on the sixteenth of March next year. That one there's got a um, a bunch of shows listed and um, and line up for that one. So go and check that one out. See if, uh, see what bands are on the bill. And also don't forget to uh, start planning your favorite costume yeah, cosplay. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about going as 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 the Witch King Ring <laughs> Have you got yours planned? Oh man, I've uh, I, I'm lucky enough that if I just put on a robe, people start calling me Gandalf. Ah, <laughs>
1: uh-huh. excellent,
0: excellent. Yeah. So, um, see, I have to really try, <laughs> otherwise,
1: they just think that I'm a forest troll. Anyway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> look, man, I'm um, like in the in the months leading up to December, I'm I'm Santa, and then uh, like. <laughs> After Christmas, I'm 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 Gandalf until about mid year, and then it goes. Then it goes to whoever's the flavor of the beard that that month. Yeah,
1: yeah, I get the I get the bad Santa one all the time. Yeah. you look like bad Santa. Yeah, 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 either that or they ask me how much it is to cross my bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? We got um, uh, we
0: got the Slaves tour as well on the twenty seventh of March, which is the um, which is at the basement. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: what is it? Slaves, 27th of March Awaken I Am
0: Yeah, Awaken I Am um, at the basement Excellent um, So yeah, go and check that out And that was the Canberra Metalheads Gig Guide So, a uh, bunch of gigs there Make sure you check out our Facebook page So if we share a gig um, on the page You can check it out through there And also check out all your um, band's pages as well Because they also share the upcoming gigs And um, links to ticket sales Hells yeah and um, that's not where it all ends. We've got one more interview for the rest of the show. Um, we'll be doing a phone interview with the Adelaide band Audio Rain. So stick around to uh, hear that one. And uh, then we'll, we'll play their uh, new hyped single and uh, close out the show. So until uh, next time, thanks for uh, tuning in. Make sure you stick around, listen to the Audio Rain interview. And um, tune in next week to hear some more uh, hits from the next part of our Joel and Reggae series here on Canberra Metalheads. Scoot! Hey Mark, how you going man? Good man, how you doing? Uh Jake. We've got um Alex and Jake. And uh what roles are you in the what roles do you perform in the band? I
5: am
0: um, um, to the lead guitar. Okay. Uh oh, that's Alex, yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah.
5: And uh, Jake is the uh, on the uh, lead singer and ribbon
0: guitarist. So this is the uh interview section of the Canberra Metalhead show. We've got Marky Malpas and Jay Decay. We're joined here with on the phone interview with the guys from Audio Rain. We got Jake and Alex. How you doing boys? How's it going? Good, good, good to have you um, call into the show. Uh, you guys are all the way from Adelaide, so that's uh, good yeah. to hear some hear some um, hear some voices from over the border,
5: other, other side of the world.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, as far as as far as the Australian um, scene, that's um, pretty pretty far away. But you know, a lot of venues and gigs and stuff are usually fairly. There's a fair bit of distance between towns.
5: Yeah, we're not in the Yeah, Jimmy, <laughs> that's
0: sure. Yep, exactly. But anyway, um, we we heard from um, you guys through your uh, new single that came out. So we've um had a had a sample sent to us and things like that. Um, with the um, census, um, single.
5: Yep. Uh huh. Yep.
0: Uh, and okay. you guys, uh, just a quick breakdown of the of the roles. So Alex, you're the lead guitarist, and Jake, you do rhythm as well. Um, yep. And uh, coming together on the new single, how's it been recording that and putting that one out? Well,
5: a bit of a process. You know? yeah. A of like it's been...
0: <laughs> yeah. It's been a year, a year or so, I feel it's
5: been. Yeah, right. Yeah. We had a few things going on. Yeah, it's been a bit of a journey getting here, but... Um, uh... After all the
0: work, it's come out, and we're pretty happy with it. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, twelve months is a good good amount of recording time. I'm assuming that you guys would have, you know, you definitely know the song inside and out by this point. Um, I would like to thank yeah. <laughs> all the takes and double takes. I guess you had. Um, whereabouts yeah. did you record that one in Adelaide as well? Yeah, uh, we uh, recorded a House
5: of Sap with uh, engineer Jared Nettle. I mean, funny I he actually is partially responsible for the, um, the way the arrangement of the song has ended up on the final recording as
0: well. Oh, cool.
5: Yeah, I've, 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 I've sensed it, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a uh, We work with Charles and he's a, he's a young guy. He he's got his gun now, he's got a, a good ear, and a good sound he comes up with uh, when, you, when you work with him. And the album, I suppose, as I said, it was a journey because of had things going on um and a little break in between sort of doing the album and when we came back uh we kept kept it all continued on he had his own little uh, idea on he had senses tonight so we uh it, it sort of changed up a bit because obviously the first single that came out um a couple months ago was betrayal yep so uh, you would have had that on assume um and senses is now Sort of very different to Betrayal. Betrayal was uh, pretty gutsy and heavy and edgy. Uh, senses is more of an emotional packed burner. Uh, so um, yeah, different style. We got uh, the album's got a lot of different dynamics and uh, different different um, sounds in it.
0: Yeah, cool. No, that's good. Actually, it's good that you mentioned uh, the song Betrayal. So that'll that's the uh, intro to the interview. So um, you could yeah. probably speak a little bit more about that one as well um, as as Census. Uh, you mentioned that it was slightly more, you know, heavy as well. So you're sort of covering both grounds um, of of your style with the yeah. with betrayal and senses.
5: Yeah, having them as the the two singles is like a sort of showing both ends of the spectrum of what we can do. You know, it's not all just heavy, heavy, heavy. We've got to show that we've got a a bit of a soft side as well. So
0: excellent. Well, that's what I'd like to hear. I'm, I mean, it comes out more and more. Um, bands that have multiple different sounds, so it's um, it's good to be able to like to show that to everybody as well. Yeah, yeah. As, uh, as, that's
6: you, in
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you guys um, obviously you got the new single out. Is there uh, you you got like a surrounding tour or gig that you um be running uh through with that one as well? Well,
5: that's still in the year. Uh, Those impressions must nice, we've uh been uh Well, it's been super flat out, and there's been. A- so then, going with uh, with other stuff, or with uh, organising the band, and uh, we had our live launch for the album actually here in Adelaide HQ. Mm-hmm. we just um, we just uh, were flat out too, because we supported uh, US rockers Skillet,
6: okay.
5: and then we had our album, album launch straight after. And then um, we're still sort of laying down plans to get away and um, take it from the road and get some shows. So um, it will happen. I just can't give you some
0: hard details yet. (laughs) Oh, that's all good, man. I know you're busy. We were talking off mic before about your work with the fire department as well, so that's good to hear that you're doing good things as well as good music. Yeah,
5: burning off some energy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, everybody um, that I speak to about live shows says that, yep, you're definitely burning some energy on the stage, so it's good to be able to do that and get paid as well um, off the stage.
5: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, we definitely will get around and uh, just got to keep your eyes and ears open. If you get on the uh, audio around Facebook page, I suppose Facebook is the most common. Get on there and you'll uh, be able to follow them and see what's happening. But we have a show coming up. Uh, we're on a metal fest coming up in Adelaide, uh, which is not, our, not necessarily our next show, but it's um, um, the next sort of festival we're on, which is uh, what's the Churches of Skittle in Adelaide.
0: Okay, cool.
5: Um, which is about 17 bands, I think, and an all-day 12 to midnight uh, event, and we're
0: playing on that. So um, excellent! I'm sure they'll be
5: full
0: on. Yeah, so some, yeah. yeah, That's that's, <laughs> like no, that's, that's, too. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's a good that's a good um that's a good um there for the festival as well. I hear that the Adelaide uh, scenes. Um, very like has a really good um, metal following. We get actually a lot of fans from Adelaide, um, from the the reach out to the show. You know, asking um, if we've you know um, played certain bands or heard of certain bands. So it's good to hear that we've got that reach as well. I think it all came about because we had a Adelaide band called As I Destruct came through Canberra, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, just from uh, speaking to those guys and kind of that and um, hanging out with those dudes sort of got us. Amongst the uh, the Adelaide and South Australian scene, which is really cool, I'm glad that we've managed to make that connection. Yeah, there's a, well, there's a lot of, lot of heavy
5: fans here, man. So. Yeah, that's right.
0: Well, you've <laughs> and, got and that, and that, yeah. you've got the um the Slayer show coming up in March as well in Adelaide. The Slayer, um, and Behemoth. Oh, side show, yeah. Yeah, that's I think
5: right. Anthrax is playing, about and as Anthrax well. as well. Yeah. And so I think Adelaide's anyone getting side shows now, Alex? No, no, no.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, I think that the general metal scene seems to be growing more and more just in the past 12 months. We've noticed it here in Canberra, and it's good to hear that it's also nationwide.
5: Yeah, absolutely, man. And such quick download, and then the re- um, reissuing of the... Actually, hard copy of... Well, not hard copy. The the a physical copy of the Heavy Mag has come back now, you know, which was... Those magazines were lost, so Heavy Mag's back in distribution. So, yeah, hopefully... Hard rock, heavy metal, metal is all uh, is
0: all thriving again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, it's good to hear that you guys are the um, all part of the scene and help and build that following as well as much as as we're trying to help it as well with um, what we do.
5: Mm, absolutely.
0: Man. And it's a good time it's to cool have, have a new it. single out. So um, it's um, as well as the previous single, Betrayal. Now we've got census come out as well from you guys, which is uh, Audio Rain. So. For anybody out there that uh, hasn't heard them before, um, if you enjoyed the initial song um, "Betrayal," stick around to uh, listen to their new single from from Audio Rain, which is "Census," um, which we'll be playing just after this, and um, here on uh, Canberra Metalheads Two Double and um, check them out on their uh, social media pages as well. Uh, Audio Rain on Facebook, and uh, do you have uh, any other? Um, you guys are on Spotify as well, I noticed, and SoundCloud. Yes.
5: Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think Apple Music as well.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah it'd, be on,
5: it'd, be on, it'd be on most of the major digital platforms. If, uh, if you want hard physical copies, just uh, get in contact with us through the band page.
0: Excellent. All right, well, that, that's where you can get your hands on uh, that one. So uh, stick around now to hear the new single from Audio Rain Census. Good on you fellas. All right, thanks, Let's Alex and Jake. All right, see you, boys. All right, mate. cheers. Bye.
4: was me we were a small splash in the sea we made waves water free we were
0: close it up now with transcending dualities from thou this is one of uh josh nixon's picks for this year so if you enjoy this one make sure you go and check it out and uh purchase this album you've been listening to canberra metalheads with marky malpas
1: jdk and
0: skeet